And now, our feature presentation. What's going on, everyone? Coop here, back with another Coop's Concessions. Uh, this is not your average episode. This is not going to be about movies or TV shows. This is um, this is about uh, my leukemia story. Of you know, I had leukemia when I was fourteen. Um, I don't want this to be like a sad thing. I don't want people to you know feel sorry. This has been many many years. Uh, I've told this story many, many times, and I hope that it's inspiring in a way and, and somewhat uplifting. Um, I've been told many times that I should tell this story. I should write a book. You know, I figured, you know, I kind of have a podcast and I do. So, you know, that's that's this is the way I'm, I'm going to express it. And I think it's a, I think it's a good idea. I've had a lot of people help me with this. I will be giving shout outs to a lot of people. Uh, throughout the story, and it won't be one long story. I, I've decided to break this up in in certain parts. Um, so I'm just gonna get right into it. I had leukemia. Uh, the correct uh, term was a. It was ALL. It was acute lymphoblastic leukemia. It is a cancer of the blood when you're um white blood cells take over your red blood cells um it is a blood cancer and it is it's pretty rare uh i've been told that it is um curable when you're younger um and like i said i i I had this when i was 14 when i just started high school uh this would be I don't know the exact date of when everything happened, but um, it was in August. I know that much in 2002. And I had, I guess I had a few symptoms of, of, of you know, of having leukemia, having cancer. Uh, one of the symptoms was uh, uh, lower back pain, which did happen a lot. But I didn't pay a lot of attention to it because I was 14 and I would be doing like playing basketball outside or or wrestling and just like being a rough teenager, really. So like I was always like hurting myself. So I never really paid much attention to the pain in any unusual way. Also, um, another symptom was uh, nosebleeds. But I've always had nosebleeds as a kid way before um, we had found out. Um, it had just been always a thing, so it wasn't uncommon for me to have nosebleeds either. The way I remember everything, and I'm sure my mom would, you know, say differently. I remember going to Charles Herbert Flowers High School, um, and I wanted to join the basketball team, and I was in PE, uh, I guess gym class, whatever you want to call it, and I know that I had to get a physical, um, and. You know, went to the doctor, just like a normal, I guess, physical, and they happened to draw blood because they hadn't done that in a while. And normally in physicals, they don't draw blood, but it had been, I remember the doctor saying that, you know, we haven't drawn blood in a while, so we were just going to add it, you know, just, you know, because it hasn't happened. Check my blood, you know. Uh, That was just a normal uh, 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 doctor's appointment. It wasn't until, 
I want to say weeks. I'm not fully sure, but I'm going to say weeks later. Uh, it's a regular day after school, eating my Pop-Tarts, watching Pokemon. And my uh, my mom calls me and she says that, you know, you know, the doctor said your blood work came back and, you know, it looked a little off um, and that I might have to go back to the doctor for some uh, for some procedures, you know, to, to to check it on my blood and everything. And I didn't think much of it when she said that. And I remember getting off the phone and her calling me right back, saying that I had to go to the hospital that night. Um, you know, I had leukemia. That's what she was telling me that, you know, there was leukemia in my blood. And I don't I didn't know much about leukemia or anything at the time um, about that. It was the only thing I knew was that. My cousin, I call her my aunt, you know, it's my cousin, whatever. Um, my my cousin, Jackie, uh, rest in peace, she had leukemia. Uh, her situation was uh, a bit different, a bit unique. Uh, she had a baby and, and had leukemia at the same time. Um, and, and she didn't make it, but, you know, her, her son was doing really well, graduated from high school. I believe he's in college right now, but she didn't make it. So that was the only thing I really knew is that my aunt had passed away from leukemia. And that's that's all I knew is that, you know, I, I was scared that, you know, she died from it. My mom's telling me I possibly have the same thing. I'm, I'm just scared at this point. So <clears throat> my mom told me to pack a bag. Um, she was going to take me to the hospital. And I just remember packing a bag, just crying, not just not knowing, just being confused and you know, you, you, you fear things that you don't know, but I just knew that this, that shit, this shit was scary. So, you know, I remember she came home, she helped me pack, you know, she made me feel like, you know, you know how your parents are supposed to, you know, make me feel better. She made me feel like, you know, everything was going to be okay. And I, and I, and I didn't know, um, we went to children's hospital in DC. And when I got there, everyone was there. My, my father, my, my aunt, my grandmother, my uncle, like people were already there waiting for me. Uh, I, I I had already known that this was a bit serious. And the only thing I can really remember from that is that uh, doctors telling me everything that I was going to have to do, everything that I was going to have to go through, uh, chemotherapy, that I was going to have to stay in the hospital for a while and, um, you know, just run some tests. And I just remember feeling like there's not much that I can do. And I remember the doctors telling me, you know, you do this, you take the medications, you're going to do chemotherapy and everything should or or will be okay. And I kind of just went with that. And I don't know, I was already, I don't know, I was a, I was a weird kid, but I just, I didn't know what to think or what to do. It just, this just had to happen, you know? Um, and that's pretty much how I found out that I had leukemia. Um, and I remember being in the hospital for a while after that. I didn't go back to school. Obviously, I wasn't on the basketball team. <laughs> I was trash anyway, but I wasn't on the basketball team, uh, obviously. Uh, and I was in the hospital for a really long time. Uh, I want to say it was months on in uh, being in the hospital, running tests, running, uh, checking my blood. Uh, different medications, things like that. So, um, 
yeah, I was 14 and I guess just scared, but, you know, trying to keep the faith of that everything was going to be okay. My mom, my parents, my mom and my father were always there every day, uh, just reassuring me that, you know, if we, we go through this, we do this, then you'll be okay. You'll be all right. And I guess not really knowing, but, you know, just just helping as, as much as they possibly could. I remember my mom being in the hospital every single day. I remember her not really leaving at all. Same for my father. You know, I guess he would switch out with her every once in a while and he would be there every single day. And like someone was there with me uh, the first few months I was there. Uh, It was a lot of it. Honestly, a lot of it is a a bit of a blur. But these were uh, my hospital days. I was in the hospital for a pretty, pretty long time. So in the time I was in the hospital, uh, I had a lot of support. A lot of family came by, a lot of friends, too. My mom would pick up my friends, uh, and they would come by. And that was surprising to me. I I love, you know, the support. Shout out to um, all of my family. Shout out to my friends, who are still my friends to this day. Lawrence, Stu, Buddy. You know, it was was great. It it helped me get by. Um, I wasn't in school, and I didn't do a lot of homeschool either. It was just draining. Everything was draining. Doing nothing was draining uh, because of the chemotherapy. Um, but, you know, the times that I was there by myself, I did a lot of drawing. I drew all the time. Watched a lot of uh, TV, a lot of Maury, a lot of good times. They had a uh, a movie channel. I watched a lot of movies, too. Um, Children's Hospital is very, very uh, supportive, you know, I guess, to try to make you feel better for being there. Not necessarily for leukemia or cancer, but for any kid uh, kid that was going through anything at the time. They had uh, doctor clowns, like, you know, that, that would come by and try to make you feel better. Try to make you, you know, make this terrible experience as, 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 as good as possible. You know, the best way you could possibly go through it. Uh, but I never, I, I never mess with the doctors, clowns. I didn't like that. I don't like clowns anyway. So doctor clowns is a, is a definite, definite no for me. Uh, around that time, this was, this was when, um, American Idol just started. Uh, they had just finished too. Kelly Clarkson had one. She came in the hospital. I met Kelly Clarkson, got an autograph. I didn't really know, you know, how big she was going to be or anything. I don't even know if I really watched American Idol like that. Uh, Tracy McGrady, he came by, he didn't, he came by mainly for, um, this kid who had got shot. I don't know if you guys remember, well, I mean, I know if you're from Maryland, you, or or DC, the DMV area, you'll remember that there was a DC sniper, um, and Tracy McGrady came by to give him a jersey, but he stopped by and said hi to everyone, um, I remember meeting him, there were a few, uh, things that they were always trying to do, the main thing was the Ronald McDonald room, uh, and, you know, you might see that at McDonald's sometimes, uh, when, you know, they ask you to like, you know, support that the Ronald McDonald room is just, it's, it's a place for the kids to, to, to have fun, to, for them to watch movies, for them to play video games. So, uh, I've always supported the Ronald McDonald room since then. Uh, I recommend that you do too. It definitely does help uh, a lot of kids, you know, to go through the experience that they're going through. You know, they will have video games. They'll bring, like, the video games to your room and everything like that. Just to try to make this 
terrible experience as pleasant as possible. And I, and I really uh, appreciate all of that. I, um, I had a lot of roommates, uh, some older, some younger. It made me feel um, less alone, uh, that I wasn't the only one going through certain things. Also, there were a lot of younger kids going through the same chemotherapy I was going through, um, going through the same procedures and, and, and things like that. So, it, it, you know, growing up through that or even yeah, growing up in that made me feel like, you know, I shouldn't complain. Not that I was complaining all the time or anything, but I shouldn't complain. Like if there's a I'm 14, 14, 15 going through this and there's like a six year old or a three year old going through the same thing that I'm going through, you know, so it's, it kind of opened up my mind in a, in a bigger way. Um, uh, there was one moment when I was in the hospital, I had to get a, a platelet transfusion. If you're not aware what platelets are, they're, they pretty much help you heal. Like, let's say you, you scraped your knee and you, you know, your, your knee heals after a while. It's the platelets that help you heal. My platelet count was very low. So it was just supposed to be a regular procedure of, you know, getting a platelet transfusion. Uh, my aunt was there with me and I didn't think much of it. And then out of nowhere, I just started like itching like everywhere, all over the place. It was it was weird. And then I broke out in hives and come to find out I was allergic to getting a platelet transfusion. You know, the things that you're supposed to get, is, you know, was something I was allergic to. Um, I broke out in hives in a, in a really, really bad way. And I had to, uh, anytime I had to get a platelet transfusion, it had to be, I had to be like in a, on a high amount of a Benadryl, but uh, that was something that was extremely unexpected and extremely, uh, unforgettable, you know? Uh, like I said, I was in the hospital for, for months and I guess if it was one thing I did regret was that I didn't do a lot as far as like walking around or anything like that, I, I kind of just stayed in my room. And I regret that because I wasn't really, it's almost like I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't getting any strength. I wasn't working my legs, my arms or anything like that. So by the time, you know, it was time for me to go, I had to regain a lot of my strength, just being pumped with medicine and not, I guess, being a teenager, not being active at all. Uh, I remember just being hard to walk again. I remember I remember actually leaving the hospital and just trying to play basketball. Like in my mind, it's like, you know, this is something that I love to do, trying to be active. And I got tired from running. I couldn't like, you know, jump. I would just I was so, so weak and it was scary. And, you know, looking back at that, I just, you know, maybe I should have I should definitely should have had like walked around more and and, you know, try to be as active as I possibly could because I felt like I kind of had to start over in a sense. And around that time, we were moving to my grandmother's house. Um, but before we end up moving to my grandmother's house, my mom came to me and she told me that there was this, um, there was this place called the Make-A-Wish Foundation and that I could do, I could make a wish because of my leukemia and, and pretty much do whatever it is that I wanted to do. So at that point, my mind just started wandering of like what it is that I wanted to do and what I could do. So the first wish that I had made, it didn't take long at all. I said I wanted to host the MTV Movie Awards. 
obviously that didn't happen <laughs> uh but no shout out to the uh make-a-wish foundation the leukemia lymphoma society they work together to make these wishes come true um they work together on giving out like you know making events they have an event every year to celebrate the people uh, who donate money for the leukemia uh for leukemia or any kind of uh, cancer at that um but yeah it was it was pretty difficult for me to i guess make a wish honestly i said a lot of different things that didn't work out uh after the MTV Movie Awards, I said I wanted to be in a movie, a Spider-Man movie that I had no details on, but I just heard about it, word of mouth. Uh, I wanted to go to Michael Jackson's house. That didn't happen because of the second allegations that were going on. Uh, I wanted a car. Couldn't do that. Uh, it was just a lot of weird things that I was just asking for. And they had people there to help me uh, make decisions. Um, they told me some of the uh, stories of what people would do or what other kids had done. Um, one of my roommates, actually, he got a r really good idea. He uh, wanted to get every Jordan shoe that came out until this day, at least up till a year ago, because he's on Facebook. We're still friends on Facebook. But up to a year ago, he was still getting shoes, you know, from when he was a kid, too. Like, I don't think that just ever stopped for him. Uh, some kids were asking for, like, you know, video game systems kids were meeting celebrities there was this one girl who wanted to meet julia roberts and it didn't really go through uh the way they planned it but julia roberts ended up having like a private jet meet her and they went out for a weekend one kid wanted to be president for a day so i mean these things are possible i guess the things i was asking for were just ridiculous <laughs> but um eventually i ended up just saying that i remember saying that i just want a bunch of stuff you know and the the woman that was there helping me, she just told me that, you know, maybe you should go on a shopping spree. And I'm thinking, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll just go to whatever local mall. I was if you're from Maryland, I wanted to go to the Annapolis Mall. But I was like, yeah, I'll just do that, you know, and just <laughs> go shopping at the mall close near me. Um, but she was like, you got to think bigger than that. And she was like, you want a shopping spree, you should go to the Mall of America. Um which I did. Uh, so my my wish was to have a shopping spree at the Mall of America. Uh, I had about $6,000. And we met the owner of the mall. And everything was... She gave us coupons for almost every single store that we went in. And it was a, it was a pretty good experience. I'm not going to lie to you. My mom, to this day, is not okay with what I chose. She's always like, we could have went to Paris or Hawaii. And I get it now because I have nothing to show from that uh shopping spree i had some family guy dvds i had bought like all the seasons and everything but even that got stolen but it was a good experience i had fun um if you've never been to the mall of america it's in minnesota um it's it's the biggest mall of america that's the only way i could describe it there was uh just tons of different levels uh there was an amusement park right in the center of the mall called it camp snoopy was a roller coaster it was it was cool and and all i did was buy video games shoes jerseys i i just bought like a bunch of like crazy different clothes i i probably look like one of nelly's um you know what is it the saint lunatics i probably look like one of nelly's uh saint lunatics or nelly himself i don't know i look like i probably belonged in one of his videos but 
it was it was fun and it was very memorable <laughs> um but yeah i i remember um they gave us they gave me uh, uh they gave all the money in uh, visa gift cards so even after we left i was able to use the gift cards outside of uh the mall of america for the wish and that was fun i i had a lot of i had a good time with that um but we were living in my grandma's house at the time and shout out to my grandmother like i mean she's the most sweetest person in the world she she took me to a lot of my um a lot of my appointments and i'll never forget this we were leaving one time and there was this this family it was this woman who had a uh she had a little baby and she had a kid uh had to be like five six years old and she was she was struggling she didn't have a stroller she didn't have like pretty much anything she needed for her kids and then my grandmother gave this woman a ride we went to babies rs i don't even think they're around anymore we went to babies rs she got this girl a stroller pampers got the kid a toy and we took them home too my grandma told me like you know if you can always help someone that looks like they really need help make sure you do it and you know i I try to do that but my grandmother is an incredible person and to this day my grandmother just like walks like five miles just like for no reason my apple watch goes off and it's like grandma just walk five miles and i'm like damn i'm just sitting here chilling and anyway but yeah uh grandma made it really comfortable for me there too she um got me a new bed even when i was in a hospital she was always bringing me food she brought my Xbox there one time. Like I'm, I'm just really grateful for the family and friends that I had there because it was a lot of support, and that's definitely what you need in in situations like this. Besides the Make a Wish, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society uh, asked me if I wanted to write a speech and tell my story to uh, different people who donate to the to the Leukemia Lymphoma Leukemia sorry the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Um, I didn't write the speech. My mom did. And we went to some, I want to say it was some, I want to call it the Bethesda golf course. It was so long ago. And there were so many people there, uh, just to support, you know, and, and to, you know, to, and raise money for charity. I did my speech. I don't remember it. My mom wrote it, like I said, and people were so moved by it. You know, shout out to my mom for doing that. Uh, people were so moved by it that they were giving me their winnings for the golf tournament that was going on. Um, at the time, uh, my mom thought that they were actually giving me real money, but it was actually money. It was gift cards for the, uh, the golf shop downstairs. And I ended up getting like this really expensive golf bag with all these golf clubs. It was like, I was ready to play golf really, but I never actually used them. If any, I think I actually gave them to my uncle. Um, but that was an experience. And through that speech, I ended up telling the speech a few more times at different places. Uh, one place I told it that was at uh, Morton's Steakhouse. I don't know if those are still around, too. But, uh, yeah, it was Morton's Steakhouse. And there was a man there named Michael Wilbon. Um, if you're not familiar with who he is, he is a sport announcer uh, for ESPN. I really don't follow him as much. But at the time, my father and my grandfather were like oh you know they knew who he was and it was i guess he was a pretty important guy um i did my speech i didn't know who this man was i did my speech and he came to me and told me that he was so moved by my speech 
that he was going to give me season tickets for my favorite team, whatever it was. And at the time, it was Orlando Magic because of Tracy McGrady. And I don't even know how that was going to work out with me going there. Anyway, he promised me tickets. And he gave my parents his information, told them to call him, you know, email him, and we'll make sure we'll make this happen, right? <laughs> um, weeks went by, and we never heard from him. <laughs> uh my mom was calling him, emailing him, and, you know, just it just never happened. Uh, one time, he actually, I think my mom wrote him an email, and it was like, you know, she was kind of, she was pretty much angry about it. And he sent one back saying, oh, no, I'll, I'll never forget little Darren and his speech. It really moved me. I'll make sure that my people send over the tickets right now. I promise you it's going to happen. And after that, uh, he changed his email, changed his number, and I never got those tickets. And I'm not, you know, bitter about it, but I, my, my parents were, geez, they were really pissed off, it, as they should be, and as I should have been too, even though I wasn't. But yeah, Michael Wilbon, he just promised me season tickets that never happened, and that was always like a, a thing um, that me and my family always joke about now. But it was just crazy how that led me to such a weird moment like that. Michael, Mr. Wilbon, if you're listening, I want my damn ticket. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I don't really care anymore. Um, but now I'm going to get into, like, procedures, medications, like, all the stuff that really wasn't fun about being in the hospital. Okay, so there were two wishes I forgot to mention. Uh, the first one was I wanted to be on a Price is Right. It was my favorite show, me and my grandma's favorite show. But I didn't. I didn't want to just be on the show. I wanted to win, so I pretty much, I pretty much asked them to like, you know, if you could put me on the show, and make sure that I went. Pretty much asking them to cheat the show for me, and then I realized how ridiculous that sounded. So I just scrapped that one, and and the other one was to um to be a part of the NBA All Star Weekend. Now that almost happened. That actually almost happened, but they told me I had to wait the next year um for the all-star weekend not the one that was coming out on on that year and i didn't i didn't like that i i didn't want to have to wait a year so you know like i said you heard the story i ended up going with the um the shopping spree so um moving forward we ended up moving back uh to uh the new house my parents that got built um I was back at my old high school at this time. I wasn't. I was no longer living in Montgomery County. My grandmother, uh, and that was a weird moment because when I was at Flowers High School, um, a lot of people didn't know what was going on. Uh, a lot of people just heard the last thing that happened to me is that I had cancer, and then I was just gone. I went to a completely different school. I moved, but coming going back to Flowers. Um, People were extremely surprised to see me. People thought I had died uh, because the rumor was that I had died. I got cancer and died. So that was a weird experience. And that actually happened uh, for a while, even for a few years after that, too. Just people seeing me and being completely shocked and surprised to see me because they didn't know anything that was going on with my situation. So that was, geez, what grade was I in? That was like 10th grade. Um like 2004 I want to say um yeah but while I was going to school I was you know still had to go back to the hospital 
like every week, every two weeks for different procedures and, um, you know, taking medications at home and in the hospital as well. Um, I had to get a portacath. Uh, if you're not aware of that is, it's a device used uh, that's on your chest. It's placed on the right side of your chest. I have a scar on my chest from where they uh, had to insert the portacath. And you still get needles, but it's easier for the uh, medication to get through your, you know, through your, your, your body and your heart. Um, it was either that or a, uh, I forgot what they called it, but it was a tube. It was pretty much just a tube hanging out your chest. And you avoid shots that way. But I felt like that was extremely, like, you know, unsafe and probably uncomfortable, too, uh, to have this tube hanging out your chest. And you would just have to constantly clean it and, you know, hopefully it doesn't get snagged on something. So I went with a portacaf. Um, and throughout most of the years of me having leukemia, that's how I got different types of chemo and medication. Uh, as far as, like, the pills were concerned, I had to take... Um, this pills called methotrexate. Uh, they were like, it looked like rice. It was like little, little tiny yellow rice. And I had to take 21 of those every Monday, 21 little tiny pills on Monday. And that caused a lot of different reactions. Uh, I was always tired, had headaches and I wasn't hungry a lot either. Um, that also eventually, um, it also eventually had me uh, losing my hair. I'll get to that story soon. Um, besides that, I took prednisone, which is a steroid. <clears throat> that <laughs> all the all these medications had different, you know, side effects that just like kind of just made me not want to do anything. But with prednisone, I had like mood changes, um, headaches. I would laugh at things that weren't necessarily funny or like. It was, they called it inappropriate happiness. You know, happy, being happy in, in moments where you're not supposed to be, which is kind of weird. Um, dizzy and can't sleep. Uh, I always had issues sleeping. But it also made me eat more, too, if it being a, a steroid. Methotrexate was not giving me much of an appetite, where prednisone had me eating like crazy. So I guess that kind of balanced it out. Um... I also had to take this huge pill called Bactrim that had like my hands peeling. Like I had skin peeling off my hands, chest pains, tired all the time, just felt weak. Like all these medicines were really like, was, was really fucking me up to be honest with you. And trying to go to school and, you know, you know, just have a normal life as a teenager at the same time was, was pretty difficult. Um, I had to get these uh, procedures done, spinal taps. Um, at first, it was like every week. Then it was every two weeks, every month. It just gradually got, you know, less um, the more chemo that I was doing. But a spinal tap was just like this. It's a big needle that goes into your spine. And it removes, like, you know, fluids. And it checks for, you know, red blood cells and white blood cells, uh, things like that. That was... The thing about spinal taps is that I would go into the doctor's office knowing that I was going to get this done and they would bring like a tray of like medications of the chemotherapy and like it, I would automatically get sick. It was crazy because it was like 
nothing I had actually happened at the time, you know, uh, you know, when I was just sitting there waiting. But as soon as I saw like the medicines and what they were going to give me, it was like my brain knew that this was going to make me sick before it even happened. So it was like I'd always had to like throw up a little bit, like right before I got these procedures done. It was crazy. Um, and they would give me this uh, medicine that would put me to sleep. And all I really will remember every single time I got a spinal tap, the only thing I will remember is getting in the hospital, you know, seeing the medications and then they give me the medicine and then I'm out. And the next, thing you know, I'm like back at home or like my mom's taking me back home. And it's like, I don't remember anything in between those times. My mom, she did record the last spinal tap. Um, cause I had always said that I don't remember any of it, honestly, but she recorded the last one. And it was just such a blur. All of it, it really is a blur. Like, any time I had to get any kind of spinal type procedure done, it was... I don't really remember it at all. Um, besides that, uh, they had to check my bone marrow, which was pretty much putting, like, a drill into my bone and my back to, you know, to make sure that there was no cancer in my bone marrow, which was probably the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life, to be honest with you. It was just just absolutely crazy um children's hospital had these two nurses who were with me throughout the entire time from when i was 14 all the way until i was like 22 uh being done with checkups uh claire and jeanette they were they were my nurses they were just always there for me they always helped always crack jokes make me feel better like i really besides my parents my family i really wouldn't be able to get through this without them they were always there all the time. Anytime, like, any procedure was getting done, they were like, no, this is, you know, our patient. And, you know, there was a lot of kids who had their own nurses, you know, and they've always helped all the kids. I remember, sad to say, I went to a funeral one time for a kid who had uh, cancer, who had leukemia, and it was the same nurses that I had seen at that funeral that were helping me out. So, nurses doctors like they're the the ones who are really dedicated to these kids they they need like i don't know some type of bigger accommodation because this i can't imagine how hard that job is you know just seeing kids some make it and some don't it's a really sad thing to see honestly but um yeah i had i had the same nurses like for <laughs> the past six years dealing with uh leukemia um the methotrexate the one that had me lose my hair that didn't actually happen for a while to the point where doctors and nurses were saying like it might you might not even lose your hair because it just wasn't happening um but then i remember i was in class and i remember i was just like scratching my head and like hair just started to fall out and i freaked out ran out of class went to the nurse's office and was telling my hair was falling out and everything Nothing was really wrong with me. I just freaked out because my hair was falling out. And um, I went home, and my dad just shaved my head. Ironically enough, I walk around with a shaved head now. But um, I don't know. Those experiences were just, uh, I don't know. It was it was pretty heavy at the time. Looking back at it now, I'm kind of proud of myself. And my father had said the same thing, too. Like, I just breezed through the situation like it was nothing. And obviously it was something huge, but I remember just like just doing what I had to do to to make this happen, you know. Um, physically, I was weak. Mentally, I was emotional. Like it was just a lot. Um, 
they had offered me a therapist and I was thinking like, I don't need a therapist. But honestly, after the fact, I felt like I might have needed one, you know, going through everything that I had went through. It was it was definitely a lot. And, you know, just and then high school in general, too. It was a lot. I was in remission at the age of 18. Um, I had just graduated as well. Um, but yeah, this honestly, I it's a it's not the best experience, obviously, but I'm happy that I did have it, you know, because I look at this like I'm a very positive person because of the situation. And I look at things optimistically, I guess you could say. Um, I don't like to be negative a lot. I try to stay focused and positive on whatever situation that I'm dealing with. And I always think back to this, like if I can make it through this, I can make it through anything, you know, and that sounds so cliche and obviously it's uh, easier said than done, but I mean, I can't, I can only speak for myself and what I went through and try to help others who, you know, who have somewhat of the same experience. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. How can I forget this? Right. <laughs> um, earlier on, <laughs> earlier on, when I started doing chemotherapy, they were telling me that there is a very high chance that I would not be able to have kids. I was like 15 at the time. So they asked me if I wanted to like give a semen sample and they would freeze it, you know, just in case I wanted to have kids. And I was thinking, I mean, I remember at the time thinking like, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't want kids. I'm 15. I'm not thinking about kids right now. Um, but then (laughs) as I got older, I have my son, Ethan, um, which is, you know, somewhat of a miracle in a way. I, obviously, the docs were just wrong because I got checked out early on and they were just wrong. But I was told I couldn't have kids and now I have a nine-year-old son and it's it's pretty amazing. So anything's possible. Anything can happen. And I hope that my story has helped someone in any way. Um, if there are any questions, I, I don't mind answering them. Um, wherever you're listening to this on, you know, just... Leave a comment, leave a like, uh, subscribe to the podcast, and uh, we can. I, I, I don't mind having more discussions about this if anyone is interested. But uh, thank you for listening, and um, I'll catch you guys later. Bye.